Today is the 8th day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. It's great to be here with you today. Ah, let's take a deep, deep breath and an exhale. And we're here, present. And let's just kind of come back to ourselves and imagine we found our place around the global campfire and we can look across the fire and see brothers and sisters across there and next to us and we're here it's safe here we're going to listen to the bible together and take another step forward together in our lives and so our next step leads us back into the book of genesis and we're getting to know this man named abraham now his name was abram and then he he entered into covenant with God and God changed his name to Abraham and changed his wife's name from Sarai to Sarah and they have been um, they have been promised a child and they're too old for that they're pushing a hundred so let's pick up the story Genesis chapter 18 verse 16 through 19 verse 38. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations on earth will be blessed through him, for I have chosen him, so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sins so devious that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? The Lord said, If I find fifty righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than fifty? Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five people? If I find forty-five there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again he spoke to him, What if only forty are found there? He said, For the sake of forty, I will not do it. Then he said, May the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only thirty can be found there? He answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. Abraham said, Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only twenty can be found there? He said, For the sake of twenty, I will not destroy it. 
Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered, we will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you and you can do what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. This fellow came here as a foreigner and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness so that they could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here? Sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here, because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, Hurry and get out of this place, because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry! Take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, No, my lords, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Look, here is a town near enough to run to, and it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. He said to him, Very well, I will grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly, because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That is why the town was called Zoar. By the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain. 
destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land, like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham, and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. Lot and his two daughters left Zoar and settled in the mountains, for he was afraid to stay in Zoar. He and his two daughters lived in a cave. One day the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man around here to give us children, as is the custom all over the earth. Let's get our father to drink wine and then sleep with him and preserve our family line through our father. That night they got their father to drink wine and the older daughter went in and slept with them. He was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. The next day the older daughter said to the younger, Last night I slept with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight and you go in and sleep with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine that night also, and the younger daughter went in and slept with him. Again, he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son, and she named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a son, and she named him Ben-Ami. He is the father of the Ammonites of today. Matthew 6, 25-7-14 Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do not judge, or you too will be judged, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. 
Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Psalm 8 For the director of music, according to Getith, a psalm of David. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man? that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Proverbs 2, 6-15 For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path, for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. 
from men whose words are perverse, who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Okay, so in the book of Genesis today, we have the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and the story of Lot and his family, especially Lot and his daughters. And so it's uh, one of the weird stories in the Bible that definitely make us go, wait just a second. What is what is happening here? What is Why is this in the Bible? Do I, how do I apply this to my life? And we feel uneasy about it. Because, I mean, we're watching the destruction of, of, evil, of evil. But then we're, we're then whisked away to the mountains where Lot and his daughters live because their mother did not survive. And, and so they're having, you know, they're having children with their father. And we're like, and that's in the Bible. So why is that in the Bible? And why would God, like, let that be in the Bible? Man, it's so easy for us to really uh, find ourselves very much quickly in judgment of God and put ourselves in the position of like higher above God than God because we uh, don't understand something. The Bible's not going to pull punches as we go through it. It's not going to like there's not going to be bows put on things that don't deserve bows. It's actually going to be with us in the messiness of our lives. And so what we ultimately saw today was that God shared with Abraham, a person with which he was in covenant, of his plans to go down and investigate Sodom and Gomorrah, see if the evil that he was hearing about was true. And then we watched Abraham in this very lengthy, a really beautiful way, negotiate with God. Like, he wouldn't do that. Like, all the cities down there, if there are 50 righteous people, right? What about 45? What about 40? What about 30? What about 20? What about 10? Like he's, he's, he's actually having a conversation with God and God is actually listening to him and going, yeah, if that's the case, I won't, I won't do it. So that's really beautiful when he gets down there and for the sake of Abraham, he's getting Lot and his family out, but it's wicked. It's going to be destroyed and we see this, we, we see pretty much the extremity of it. Even the extremity of Lot, because he takes these angels into his house, which is hospitality. So when you would take somebody into your home and under your roof, you had to offer them hospitality and shelter. And so they were under your protection. And so when the house gets surrounded and Lot goes out and says, you know, I've got two daughters. It's just... We can't even possibly, we'd have to pull apart all the nuances of just the time, the tribal nature, yes, the mistreatment of, and the value of women, all of this going on here, absolutely. But they are struck blind and then Lot and his family are escorted out and the mother doesn't survive, she looks back and Lot and his daughters are in a cave and the daughters are conversing with each other about incest. And we're just like, this is so gross and terrible. And how do you, how, where do we even go? But we got to understand the situation. We followed these guys 
from the land that, that they were in and to a land that they would be shown. Lot came with Abraham into this new land and picked the fertile Jordan Valley. And that's where they were living, but they were foreigners. Lot was wealthy. He had a lot. So he had a lot of power and influence, but they were foreigners. But when everything was destroyed, Lot didn't have anything. And he didn't have a wife. They didn't have a mother. And we're in a culture where um, there needs to be, like, there needs to be another male to claim and watch over the female. So these daughters were like, our dad's getting old and there is nobody. And we're not rich and influential anymore. We're poor and we're foreigners and we're young. So their options, like they're not going to, if they try to get back to their homeland alone, they're going to get sold. They're going to get trafficked. And so they're like trying to pick the worst of the lesser of the worst of the worst. And so we can get some understanding. We don't know why, like the Bible tells us that they were spared for the sake of Abraham. Why they didn't go back up the mountain and find Abraham. They had lost everything. We don't have those answers. But that's interesting though, when we unpack the story and just kind of see it for what it is and move through it and process it, we understand it's supposed to be disruptive. Like it's supposed to get our attention. And the Bible will do that at times. It will disrupt us and we'll go, oh, wait, ah, yeah, I don't know, wait, I don't know what I think about that. It's on purpose. We're supposed to do that and contemplate and consider what is going on and then consider our posture toward God in that. Because we read a story like this and go, oh, I, I don't know how I feel about God. Where did God command any of this stuff to happen? He was eradicating evil and sparing Lot and his family. They made all the choices after that. And so let's just like consider our posture as we move through sensitive territory that, that has complexities. Then we turned over into the New Testament and Jesus is speaking really clearly about our daily lives. He instructs us clearly not to worry about what we're going to eat or what we're going to wear. Can all your worries add a single day to your life? Yes. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's trouble is enough for today. And then his teachings become a bit more sobering. Don't, don't judge others or you will be judged because the way you judge others is the way you will be judged. Okay. Can we just, we're at the beginning of the year and we should think about this. This should be a pause moment. If what Jesus is saying is correct, then we are basically setting up what our own judgment looks like by the way that we judge others. Do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. So, hmm, 
all the way we all the ways we react to things all the assumptions false narratives we we buy and sell the opinions we form the prejudices we carry everything that makes us who we are and the convictions that we have maybe they're not all good and maybe we're setting the standard by which we will be measured and then finally we're in the psalms psalm 8 today what is man that you are mindful of him why creator of all things how is it that you are even aware of my tiny my tiny existence at all and so may we go into the rest of our day with that on our minds lord our lord how majestic is your name in all the earth How majestic is thy name in all the earth Oh Lord our Lord How majestic is thy name in all the earth Who has displayed thy splendor above the Majestic is thy name in all the earth. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. For when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou Oh